Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
Good morning, Salem. To those who are in the virtual sanctuary, we welcome you to worship as well. We're going to ask you to stand as we invoke and invite the presence of the Lord in this place. Psalm 100 reads, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Let's bow our heads again. Lord, we are grateful for the privilege and honor once again to gather in worship, to share in this time, to lift up your holy and righteous name for you and you alone are worthy of all of our praise. And so God, we come today to give you the glory that you are due, the honor that you are worthy of. We pray that your presence would manifest itself on this day as we worship you in spirit and in truth. And we ask it all now in Jesus' name. And the people of God said together, amen and amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, clap your hands this morning. We are grateful that we are in the house of the Lord this morning. Our morning hymn is simply says, praise him. Come on, Jesus, blessed Savior. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah.
Secondly, the old saints would say he woke you up this morning and he 
Just for that, you ought to thank him and praise him. Amen. Deacon Bryson is going to come at this time and lead us to the Lord in prayer. Lord, that you would bless the leadership 
of his church, Lord. Be with us in the name of Jesus. Bless churches everywhere, Lord. Lord, I want to pray for those, Heavenly Father, who are serving our country in every way and in every manner, Lord. Thank you for their services, Lord. Now, Lord, be with us as we walk this tedious journey. I, I know for myself that I know and I know and I know that you are a good God and that you are God all by yourself and that you specialize in what no other God can do. I just want to say, oh Lord, I need you. Oh Lord, we need you. Be with us this day, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray and I thank you. Amen. Good morning and welcome to Salem News. 2023 is the year of renewal. It's our prayer that you'll have a meaningful encounter with God today because here at Salem, we believe the best season of your life is just ahead. Here are a few highlights this week. On Sunday, October 8th, we'll honor, celebrate, and thank those who provide selfless service to each of us weekly as we partake in worship. Join us for our ushers, greeters, Medical Services Appreciation Day. It's during the 10 a.m. worship experience. Salem family, it is time to show our love and our appreciation to our senior pastor and first family on their 18th pastoral anniversary on Sunday, October 15th. The celebration will take place during our 10 a.m. worship experience featuring Pastor Desmond Lamb of the Forest Grove Baptist Church of Kansas City, Kansas. Join us as we honor and recognize our shepherd, Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Backus, First Lady Marla Backus, and their family on 18 years of faithful and fruitful leadership. Salem parents, please bring your children and join us here at church on Friday, October 27th from 6 to 9 p.m. for our annual Harvest Festival celebration. And we encourage you to bring candy and treat donations to the church from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. no later than Wednesday, October 25th. Young people, get ready for popcorn, caramel apples, face painting, video games, and so much more. Well, tickets are on sale now for Joyful Noise, A Gospel Christmas. This year's theme is the 10th episode. Join us as we walk through a decade highlighted in praise, and celebration of our Savior. Also, note the show is moving to the brand new Steelhouse Omaha. Get your seats early. You do not want to miss the exciting plans being made as we commemorate 10 years of this annual Christmas tradition. Joyful Noise returns on Saturday, December 2nd at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday, December 3rd at 4 p.m. Tickets are on sale right now at TicketOmaha.com or you can call 402-345-0606 to reserve your seats today. 
Well, as you can see here at Salem, we have so many exciting opportunities and events, and we want everyone to get connected and get involved. To stay up to date with all church opportunities, visit our website, SalemBC.org. Also, like us on Facebook, Salem Baptist Church Omaha, on BoxCast, or subscribe to our Salem YouTube channel. I'm Cerise Cole for Salem News. Sure hope you have a great day and a wonderful week. Amen. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. When they said, let's go into the house of the Lord. I wasn't just glad, I was very glad. Amen. Well, this morning, uh, I just want to spend a minute uh, to emphasize our pastor's 18th anniversary. Uh, my name is Charles Smith, by the way. I'm part of the deacon's ministry here. And I just want to say a few words uh, on behalf of the pastor. The pastor has been with us for 18 years. Now, I want to, yeah, that's worth clapping about. But, but let me share this with you. This is a piece of information I found out just the other day. He is the second longest pastor that we've had in the history of this church. Amen? After Reverend J.C. Wade. He's the second longest. And he's blessed us, and we're thankful for him. And I want us to, I want us to really, I really want us to bless him real good. Uh, give him, give him our, our best gift. Amen? And as you walked in this morning, uh, you probably would have been given uh, an anniversary uh, envelope here. You can put, put your gift to the pastor, your, your very best gift. Give him your very best gift on this envelope. Now, if you don't have one uh, and, and you got one of the, the, the regular ones, there's a regular one here. You can just uh, put where it says other. Uh, just put pastor's anniversary and put your best gift on there. Amen? And and uh, and if you and if you and if you run out of envelopes, I got some extra. I got some extra ones. Y'all can just get one from me. We got to show our pastor how much we love him, how much we care for him, because he's done a lot of good things for us. Brought us through the pandemic. Amen. Oh yeah, yeah. We got to bless him real good. Give him our best gift. We want to give him our best gift. Matter of fact, uh, I wanna. I've been here for 23 years, so I, I think I've earned the, the, the right to do this. Uh, Y'all ever had played the game, uh, uh, pick the best gift? You ever played that game? Pick, pick the best gift. Okay, let's just work with me, Salem, on this. Work with me. Uh, okay, so you, it's your birthday. It's your, birth, your birthday. You're having a birthday party. And Pookie, Pookie and, and Ray Ray it showed up at the birthday party. Okay? And uh, they, had, they had two envelopes now. Uh, one envelope had had ten dollars in it. Okay, one envelope had ten dollars in it. Okay, Pookie had that one. Ray Ray had the one that had Ray, number two. It had a hundred dollars in it. All right. Now you can only pick one. You can't have both gifts. You just get pick one. Now if if you were if you were asked to pick one. Which one would you pick? Envelope one or envelope two? Two? Most people would pick two. You want to pick the best gift. You can buy you a whole lot of uh, Chick-fil-A with that, with that, with that, with that hundred dollars, can't you? Amen? Now that's what I want y'all to do with the past. I want y'all to give him your best gift. Y'all pick the best gift. Y'all pick number two. Y'all pick the best gift. Y'all did good. Give yourself a hand. 
All right. Now, I don't know if the, I want to find out if the pastor uh, is caught up on this little game of pick the Betsy gear. I got to make sure he's, uh, he learned the, how we do this little game. Now, pastor, now, first of all, I want to say, I've been here 23 years. 23, 18 of those years he's been my pastor. I, oh, yeah, and I, and I thank God for that. He's been my pastor. Now, that's only, that's only one, one little problem I've been having with the pastor. Uh, he's a Dallas Cowboy fan, as most folk know. I'm a Green Bay Packer fan. Now, Green Bay Packer fans, we like the Dallas Cowboy fans, but we don't like the Dallas Cowboys. We just don't like them. And the Dallas Cowboy fans, they, they like us, but they just don't like the Green Bay Packers. All right? So we're going to see if, if, if I'm, I'm going to get a pastor. I've been wanting to work on him to try to have him come over to the, to, the, to the winning side, but he just won't budge. He just won't budge, Deacon Adam. Uh, and Now, I'm going to give you a chance today to come over to the winning side, Pastor, okay? Okay. Now, you can only pick one of these gifts now. You can't, you can't pick both. You just can't pick one. Now, this bag has got a Dallas Cowboy cap. It's got a star on it. Yeah, y'all see that? That's a Dallas Cowboy cap. Yeah, now, now, okay, so that's one of the gifts, and he can only pick one. Now, this bag has got the Green Bay Packer cap. Well, You see, see y'all can tell I got, still got a lot of work to do. God bless you, Salem. I love you, Pastor. We love you. Enjoy the Dallas Cowboy cap, Pastor. Amen. How about them boys? How about them boys? Amen. Again, we welcome you to worship those who are in the sanctuary and those in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church. To the Salem Church, where we're exalting the Savior, evangelizing the lost, equipping the saints, and expanding the kingdom of God. We welcome you uh, to worship. And those who are in the sanctuary who are first-time guests, we want to ask you to stand. Not going to ask you to say or do anything. We just want to acknowledge you. So if you are our guest on today, if you're worshiping with us for the first time, we're going to ask you to please, please stand. Amen. Please stand. All right. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We are so glad to have you and so glad to have Oak Hill Baptist Church from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Y'all raise your hand real quick. God bless you. So glad to have you in worship with us on today. We are thankful for all of our guests and we uh, pray and plead that you would not make this, that this would not be your last time that you would come and worship with us again here at the Salem Baptist Church. Amen. Please remember all of your weekly opportunities ministry for ministry, fellowship, discipleship, and worship, those that have been highlighted <clears throat> during the Salem News, and we want to remind you, on next week, we'll be traveling up uh, to Sioux City, to the Mount Zion Church, Mount Zion Baptist Church there, uh, and uh, we're going to celebrate Pastor Robertson's anniversary, and we want you to join us, if you will. Uh, we would love to see you in the building. Amen. Again, please remember all of your weekly opportunities for ministry, fellowship, discipleship, and worship. Salem, it is giving time. 
words to live by. The Word of God gives clear instructions on how you can add many fulfilling years to your life and live those years in spiritual prosperity. Listen to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 in the New International Version of the Bible. It says this, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. The way you can be the beneficiary of this amazing promise is by keeping those commands and keeping them in your heart. Listen to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3, where it says this. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Keeping the Lord's commands is a heart issue. Love and faithfulness must be an inseparable part of your being, affecting the very core of your character. Furthermore, it produces some impressive results. Listen to verses 4 and 5 of that same chapter. It says, Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Unfortunately, most of us have been taught from childhood to be self-reliant and to look out for number one, ourselves. However, if you want to live this blessed, successful, and long life promised in the word, you must always acknowledge and trust the Lord. Listen to the word in verses 6 through 8. The Lord gives us renewed health and vitality. It says, in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And the ninth and 10th verse clearly gives the step you can take to ensure that your long, blessed life is lived out in prosperity. Listen to what it says. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. As you prepare to give on today, repeat this in your heart. Lord, I keep your commands in my heart. I rely on you for my long, healthy, and prosperous life. I honor you with the first part of my income. I believe and trust by your word, I will be blessed. Amen. Amen. You cannot beat God giving no matter how you try. Amen. We invite those who are not in the sanctuary to use each and every platform available to give your tithe and your offering. You can mail your tithe and offering here to the church at 3131 Lake Street, Omaha, Nebraska. From 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, you can bring your tithe and offering. There's a secure tithe and offering box just outside the administrative offices. You can give through our website at salembc.org, through PayPal, Venmo, Givelify. 
cash app and you can text to give and for those who are in the sanctuary as you exit worship there will be persons in place to receive your tithe and your offering we share this affirmation it is an affirmation of what we believe about giving here at the Salem Baptist Church we plant good seed in good soil and we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. If you believe it, put your hands together and praise the Lord. Good morning, Salem. We special guest with us who um, is one of the leading ministers of music um, in the country. Um, she hails from the city of Indianapolis, um, Indiana, and she has served, served faithfully over the last 35 years at the Eastern Star Baptist Church where Dr. Jeffrey Johnson is their pastor.
came in for the conference. Um, they drove in from San Antonio, Texas. And um, they wanted to come and worship with us this morning. So thank you for coming. All right. Um, but my sister, can y'all put, put your hands together for Sherry Garrison. Come on, show us some love, Salem.
blood, oh, the blood, oh, the blood. in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through self-ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, that at the name of Jesus, Oh, how I love Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven, and of those on earth, and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Come on, put your hands together and praise the Lord for the word. You may be seated. Thank you. 
share a foundational doctrine that delineates us as Baptist Christians. Please understand we are Christians first and foremost, and yet as a congregation and as individuals who are part of this congregation, we claim Baptist doctrine as a part of our foundational belief system. Having said that, as Baptists, we believe there are two ordinances that the Lord Jesus left the church, baptism and communion, also known as the Lord's Supper. We celebrated the ordinance of baptism during last week's worship experience, and we celebrate the ordinance of communion as a part of this morning's worship experience on today. These ordinances are in essence symbolic. Therefore, they should not be thought of as sacraments. Some faith traditions consider communion and baptism with some other religious rituals to be sacramental. A sacrament, by definition, is an act that conveys the grace of God to an individual. Sacrament is believed to enable a sacred or spiritual power to be transmitted through material elements viewed as channels of divine grace. And those who hold this view believe that God supernaturally blesses a worshiper as they conduct the act. And according to these doctrines, baptism invokes God's grace for regeneration and communion conveys God's grace for ongoing sanctification. Stated simply, in those faith traditions, baptism is necessary to initially attain salvation, and the regular practice of communion, or the Eucharist as it is sometimes called, is necessary to maintain salvation. An ordinance in opposition to a sacrament can be defined as a God-ordained and Jesus-commanded ceremony. It is a practice commanded, prescribed, and participated in by the Lord Jesus to be observed by his church. Ordinances do not invoke God's grace or convey his blessing. They are acts of a believer's obedience to the teachings of Jesus and the scripture. They are ceremonial reenactments meant to memorialize Jesus Christ, to proclaim 
salvation through him and to edify his church. We believe that God's saving grace is poured out fully and sufficiently at the moment that you trust in Jesus for salvation. Now, I know you might be asking, Pastor Backus, why have you spent such an extended period of time for an extended explanation between the differences between our faith tradition of celebrating ordinances in opposition to others that celebrate sacraments? First, it is to remind us of a foundational doctrine of our faith, and that is that faith saves us through Jesus Christ. No act, no ritual, and no practice can do so. We are saved by faith through Jesus Christ. Now along with that, the ordinance of Communion, as I said earlier, is a ritual of remembrance, a reminder, a recollection, and retrospective reflection of what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. And in Philippians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul forces us to remember and reflect on what Jesus did for all humanity. And specifically, as a moment of instruction for those who are believers in Jesus Christ in the kind of mind, the kind of attitude and perspective that should inhabit the mind of Christians. Paul does so by pointing us towards what Jesus did in his life, his burial, his resurrection, and his exaltation. Now, he does not do so in a narrative style as the Gospels do. He does so by sharing the divine acts of Jesus that bring us to the moment where we can remember what Jesus did for us that we might be saved. We must take into account that Paul is sharing what Jesus did in verses 5 through 11 of Philippians chapter 2 to highlight what he is instructing the Philippian believers and each of us today to do in verses 1 through 4. Listen again to those first four verses of Philippians chapter 2. It says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy, by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish uh, ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. For context's sake, it must be established that Paul writes and sends this letter to the Philippian church in Macedonia, which we understand is present-day Greece. This was the first church established in Europe. 
Philippi was located on the Ignatian Way, a major thoroughfare that connected the eastern provinces of the Roman Empire to the capital city of Rome. Philippi was a colony of Rome, and with that elevated status and their wealth, they embraced a confidence and pride that bordered on arrogance. So the Philippian spiritual battle was not so much with their external circumstances, but with those internal attitudes that destroyed unity in the church. Paul says, seek to be in fellowship with God the Father, with God the Son, with God the Holy Spirit, and do not forget to be in fellowship with other believers in Jesus Christ. Be like-minded. Have the same love that the Lord displayed toward you, toward others. Be on one accord. Be unified. Do not act out of self ambition, seeking glory for your own self. Do not act out of conceit. And I love the Apostle Paul because he's times, at times a little bit messy. Because Paul uses a Greek term here that means empty pride and groundless self-esteem. Paul was saying, be careful that you're not full of pride over something there's no reason to be proud of. He says, you have no true grounds to esteem yourself as highly as you do. He says, act in love with the lowliness of mind. Paul was really saying, take an honest assessment of your own self. And when you really, really, I mean really, take an assessment of yourself, it should motivate you to act not in pride, but in humility. And it should motivate you to hold others in higher esteem than yourself. C.S. Lewis, the once uh, atheist who converted to Christianity and became one of the greatest apologists or defenders of Christianity, is given credit for a great quote that says this, Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. And it's a wonderful quote, uh, but it's not actually a quote of C.S. Lewis. It's a quote of Pastor Rick Warren from his best-selling book, The Purpose Driven Life. It's a wonderful quote that has been attributed to C.S. Lewis, but it's really from Rick Warren. But I want to share with you an actual quote of C.S. Lewis from his book, Mere Christianity, a book that every Christian ought to read or listen to. And that quote is an even more powerful and provocative quote. Lewis says this in chapter 8 of Mere Christianity, the chapter entitled The Great Sin. It says, 
Do not imagine that if you meet a really humble man, he will be what most people call humble nowadays. He will not be a sort of greasy, smarmy person who is always telling that, of course, that he's a nobody. Probably all you will think about him is that he seemed a cheerful, intelligent chap who took a real interest in what you said to him. If you do dislike him, it will be because you feel a little envious of anyone who seems to enjoy life so easily. He will not be thinking about humility. He will not be thinking about himself at all. C.S. Lewis goes on to say, if anyone would like to acquire humility, I, I can think, tell him the first step. The first step is to realize that one is proud. He goes on to say, and it is a biggish step, I can hear him in his English accent, saying nothing whatever can be done before. If you think you are not conceited, it means you are very conceited indeed. And that's what the Apostle Paul was saying to the Philippian church. You're facing the temptation of thinking too highly of yourselves. Your loftiness of worldly stature is saturating your spirit and therefore doing damage to your spiritual state in life. And so Paul says, let me point you to the ultimate example. Let me point you to Jesus. The one who exemplifies and personifies the mind, the spirit, and perspective that will allow you to live as believers in agreement, in accord, in alignment with how the Lord wants you to live individually and collectively as the people of God. He says, let me show you the ultimate example. So he says, first, I want you to observe this. Observe the ultimate condescension. The ultimate condescension. Now the word condescension currently has negative connotations. It is associated with a patronizing attitude or an arrogant or high-handed approach to people and circumstances or pertaining to, pertaining rather to condescending language that disregards or disrespects another person. However, in the 18th century, condescension or condescending denoted a positive characteristic of a person of superior breeding or class or some other superior set of characteristics lowering themselves to speak kindly to an inferior. That's why the great biblical commentary commentator A.W. Pink in addressing and assessing Paul's words in Philippians chapter 2 uses the words Condens the condescension of Christ. The condescension of Christ is the most appropriate description of the actions of Christ in Philippians chapter 2 for these reasons. First, he is superior. And secondly, because he chose, 
need you to hear that. He chose at the direction of the Heavenly Father to carry out the necessary submission to make available salvation and life eternal to all of humanity. Jesus condescended. He came down. He descended from the lofty heights of heaven to feel the need that man had for a savior. It is the ultimate condescension as the Apostle Paul describes it in Philippians chapter 2 and it must be understood in light of the reality that Jesus was not forced to do this. That would have been humiliation at the hands of another Oh, but Jesus chose to condescend. And it's demonstrated in the words and concepts that the Apostle Paul uses in Philippians chapter 2. It is the theological concept and construct of kenosis. That's a $10 word. That really describes the act of the self-emptying of Jesus. He yielded in his incarnation, in his coming in flesh. Jesus surrendered himself, even if only for the period of, and span of his earthly life. The ultimate condescension is characterized by him yielding, first of all, his privileges. Y'all hang in there with me. Y'all need to hear this. He yielded his privileges first phrase of verse 7 says he made himself of no reputation can be better translated Jesus emptied himself of his privileges he did not empty himself of his divine, divine nature because that was absolutely impossible he continued even in the flesh to be the son of God and yet he yielded and surrendered his environment in glory. He yielded and uh, decided to take upon himself the limitations of time and space when he became flesh. He voluntarily relinquished his rights and privileges. He set aside the magnificent distinctions of the creator to appear in the form of the created human being. He suffered his glory to be eclipsed in and by flesh. Jesus came down. He condescended to yield the privileges of glory. Understand for our eternal good. And it was motivated by his eternal and everlasting love for us. That's the ultimate condensation, that he yielded his privileges, but he also yielded his prerogative. Prerogative is what one is entitled to. What one is warranted, justified, and merited in having. And you may be asking, what is it that Jesus was entitled to, to receive? And he yielded. It is the glory that he was due. 
the honor, the admiration that he was due. It, it makes it clear to us in the second phrase of verse 6 when it says, Jesus took on the form of a bond servant. Jesus became something he had never been before. His magnetic glory was for a season interposed and interrupted by the veil of human flesh. And in coming in flesh as a servant or a slave, his glory was for a season diminished. It was all because of his love for us. He yielded and allowed his glory to be hidden in flesh. And he became a servant. It's most evidently displayed as he died on Calvary's cross. As he took our place. But we also find it displayed in John chapter 13 when the Bible says Jesus girded himself with a towel. Got down at the feet of his disciples and washed their feet, serving the ones who should have been serving him. That's the ultimate condescension. He condescended in flesh in spirit and in service. So yes, he yielded his privileges, he yielded his prerogative, but he yielded his position. The third phrase of verse 7 says that Jesus came in the likeness of men. He yielded his position of existing in divine spirit only. Kenneth S. West in Word Studies in the Greek New Testament says this, Jesus entered into a new state of being when he became man, but his becoming man did not exclude his possession of deity. He goes on to say, our Lord's humanity was a real likeness. He was not a phantom. He became humanity. But his humanity was not all that there was of him. He was also deity. He was the Son of God, manifest, made in flesh, and the nature of men. There's a particular and precise reason he did so. It's found, and you ought to read it when you get a chance, when you get home, in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, where it says this, Therefore, in all things, Jesus had to be made like his brother, and that's talking about us, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. But listen to verse 18. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. That's where you were supposed to shout. The Lord yielded his privileges. He yielded his prerogative. He yielded his position so that he would understand our temptations. So he would understand our sinful tendencies. So he would understand our struggles and our 
weaknesses. The Bible reminds us he was tempted just like us, but he did not sin. But he understands what we're going through. Oh, and I thank the Lord that he condescended to us. I'm so glad that he came down to us because if I know y'all like I know me, we couldn't go up to him. Okay, I can't speak for y'all. So we see the ultimate condescension. He came down, became a bondservant in the likeness of man. But then we see the ultimate sacrifice. I promise you I'm going to preach shorter next week. I promise you. The ultimate sacrifice. The ultimate condescension of Jesus by design had the ultimate sacrifice in view. Jesus did not surrender his privileges, his prerogative, and his position simply as an experiment of divine speculation and guesswork. There was a definite end. And that end was that salvation could be offered to humanity that had fallen into sin and was deserving of eternal punishment as a result of disobedience and rebellion. So the end was that we might have the right of salvation or the opportunity of salvation. But understand there was also a means to that end. That means would be a sinless Savior fully God and fully man. The man Jesus, that man Jesus, as the choir sings, who must become the atonement, the reconciliation between God and man through sacrificial and redemptive means, through the shedding of the blood of the only one, pure, perfect, and holy enough to make amends for the sins of mankind. That man Jesus. It was the sacrifice of his blood. Because of it, there is salvation. Because of the shedding of blood, there's liberation and freedom. Leviticus chapter 17, 11 reminds us, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I've given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Oh, it's the blood, y'all. That's why that element is right there on that table. It's the blood. And Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22 reminds us there is no forgiveness. There is no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. I want to let you know it was the ultimate sacrifice. Listen to how it's described by the Apostle Paul in verse 8, Philippians chapter 2. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Jesus humbled himself. He condescended and submitted to the will of the Father as it reminds us in 
Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, where the Bible lets us know he goes to the Father and asks, is there any way you can allow me to not have to go through this cup of suffering? But then he submitted, declaring, not my will, but your will be done. And even as he submitted to the will of the Father, understand the Bible says he was obedient to the point of death. He was not obedient to death. I don't want you to get it twisted today. Jesus makes it clear in Matthew chapter 10, verses 17 and 18, where it says this, Therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. It's the ultimate sacrifice. He gave himself yielded to the will of the Father and allowed himself to suffer the sacrificial substitutionary death necessary for humanity to have life, renewed life, a rescued life, a transformed life, eternal and everlasting Thank God for that ultimate sacrifice. Uh, Y'all thought I was just talking about communion for no reason out the sky, but that's why I'm talking about it, because it's the ultimate sacrifice that we remember on today. So we see the ultimate condensation, the ultimate sacrifice. But Paul could not conclude this section of Scripture without pointing out to us the ultimate exaltation. I'm trying not to shout this morning, but it shouted me just when I read it and when I think about it. I was shouting in the study, was hoping nobody else was in the office to hear me shouting. They may think I'm a little crazy, but when I think about this ultimate exaltation, it makes me, it makes me shout, y'all. Oh, yes, we see the ultimate condescension, the ultimate sacrifice, but it leads to the ultimate exaltation. Paul says Jesus is highly exalted. Listen again, verses 9 through 11. Therefore, oh, I'm going to try to keep it in there. Therefore, Because of the condensation, condensation, I'm sorry, because of the ultimate sacrifice, th therefore, th therefore means turn the corner. We've looked at the ultimate condensation and we've looked at the ultimate sacrifice. Now, turn the corner, therefore, God also has highly exalted him given him I'm getting ahead of myself given him the name y'all didn't hear what I said not a name he's given him 
the name. Oh, yes. Which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven, and those on earth, and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Oh, yes. The words highly exalted are a translation of a Greek word which means to exalt to the highest rank and power. It refers to a super eminent exaltation. Again, Jesus is not given a name, but he's given the name. That, that divine name that merits his divine majesty. Uh, that that name, the name of Jesus, should cause adoration and praise. Uh, that he laid aside his expression of glory well, now in the flesh and now all of the glory has been placed on his shoulders because he's been given that name, the name that's above every name. I'm done, y'all, but the songwriter would say, all hail, the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal, I can't keep it in, y'all, the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all you chosen seed of Israel's race you ransomed from the fall hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him Lord of all let every kindred and every tribe on this terrestrial ball to him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. Do I have a witness? I got to leave y'all alone, but is there anybody here who will praise him today because he is high and he is lifted up? Do I have a witness? Is there any body here today who knows that he is worthy to be praised? Do I have a witness? I need to know today. Is there anybody here who will take a moment? to tell him thank you for condescending. Uh, tell him thank you for being that sacrifice uh, and turn the corner and give him some praise uh, because he's worthy of all of our praise. Uh, is there anybody here? Is there anybody in the sanctuary today who knows he's worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same? He's worthy to be praised. 
Take 30 seconds, lift those hands up. Open your mouth, give the Lord some showing of praise. Shout worthy, shout worthy, shout worthy, yeah, worthy, yeah, worthy, yeah, worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same I said the Lord is worthy to be praised I'm trying to leave it alone but somebody here you need to take a moment to look back over your life and remember what he saved you from do I have a witness I don't know how you feel about it but I'm so glad he found me as a wretch undone. He picked me up, turned me around, placed my feet on solid ground. I'll tell him thank you. I'll tell him thank you. Help me preach this thing. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I got one more holly in me. Yeah, thank you. He's worthy today. Put your hands together right now and give him glory. Tell him thank you. Because he's worthy, ain't he worthy, ain't he worthy, 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 worthy. I'm done, y'all, I'm done. Miss Deb, I'm done, but when I think about what I've been through this week, when I think about what I've been through, last month and last year I, I just got one can, can I just holler one more time Deacon Green thank you thank you thank you hallelujah I said hallelujah I said hallelujah I said hallelujah I said, hallelujah. My uncle Johnny would say, I'm through preaching now. I'm just praising because he's been so good. Will you join me and give him some praise because he's worthy, 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 and he worthy. Say yes! Say yes! Yeah. I think I got it out, y'all. I think I got it out. Yeah. The doors of the church open. The doors of the church open. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah! I said hallelujah! I said hallelujah! 
Is there anybody that's got a hallelujah in your spirit? Is there anybody that's got a hallelujah in your spirit? Is there anybody that has a hallelujah in your spirit? Tell your neighbor, give me 50 feet. I got a hallelujah in my spirit. I got to shout it out. I got to shout it out. I got to. standing we extend the invitation there's one today who has not trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior you ought to take a step of faith give your life to the Lord the Bible reminds us if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God that he died for the sins of the world that God raised him from the dead you shall be saved take that step of faith right now come down give your life to the Lord or if you're saved but you don't have a church home, take a step of faith, become a part of the family of faith here at the Salem Church. Or if you're watching or listening, give us a call at 402-455-1000, option three. Someone is waiting to hear your voice right now. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? As you're seated, we praise God. The invitation has been extended, but none have come. We hope, though, you have made a step closer to making that decision. Oh, because of that ultimate condescension, he came down for each and every one of us. That ultimate sacrifice that we're about to remember and reflect on even now. But oh, thank God for that ultimate exaltation. He has the name that he is above every name. And I want to share with you that the good news is, is that one day all of us are going to be exalted with him. Hallelujah. If you know him as Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. 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 We have the opportunity and privilege at this time to come share as I have just shared in this sermonic presentation one of the two ordinances the Lord has left the church it's Holy Communion this Lord's Supper
symbolic of the Lord's broken body and his shed blood on Calvary. As I tried to remind you, he didn't do it because he had to. He did it because he loved us so much that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us all. As you entered the sanctuary, you were given the, the elements. If you did not receive them for whatever reason, please raise your hand very briefly so that our deacons can serve you. Make sure that you are a part of this moment of reflection. It is a moment for us to commune with the Lord and to commune with one another. Amen. Amen. Begin to raise it up. I'm telling you. 
Crucifixion, Jesus instituted this Lord's Supper, this whole communion. The Bible says he first took the bread, blessed it and broke it, and said to his disciples, take, eat, this is my body. Let us commune together. And likewise, he took the cup and declared, this is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let us commune together. Let's bow our heads again, Lord. We love you and thank you for a love so deep that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us all. We thank you for that ultimate sacrifice. And we thank you for the power and exaltation of his resurrection. We thank you for the privilege to remember what you've done for us. God, we pray as it is renewed in our minds that we would share that good news, that gospel, with everyone that we encounter. Lord, we're about to leave from this place, but we never leave from your presence. We pray that you put your loving arms of protection around us and keep us as we move from day to day. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy to the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God said together, amen and amen. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just a Yes, I thank you for your blood. 